we can actually identify each individual fish and then follow it from there all the way to the dinner table. That's Stefan Nilsson talking about how Norwegian salmon can be tracked individually using cameras and blockchain technology so that you can pretty much discover the entire life history of the grilled fish on your plate. Stefan is the founder of a Norwegian startup and my guest on this episode of CoinGeek Conversations. I'm Charles Miller, and I sat down with Stefan to find out about the intriguing business he's founded, which is called Unisot. Introduce me to Unisot. What, what is Unisot, and first of all, where does the word come from? Yeah, the, the word Unisot is the, a short for universal source of truth. That's a very portentous claim <laughs> for a company name. It, it really is, yes, yes. Uh, but we are actually actually trying to change the world to a better place. And yes, it's uh, aiming high, but uh, actually I believe that we, we can do a big, big difference for the world uh, in, in many different ways. And where does truth come into it then? This is what, what we get from the blockchain, and exactly that's why we're using blockchain, because we, we get this uh, immutable storage where we can store things and nobody can change it afterwards. So it's, it's more or less the only immutable system in the world. Now, you talk about the inefficiencies of the current commercial world. Yes. Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, uh, some scientists have, have uh, found out that the efficiency today in, in, in the world is limited down to 20%. Yeah, what, that, does, what, does, what do they mean by that? That is the, the aggregated efficiency from, from a producer and all, the, le- all the, the steps to a consumer. But are we talking about financial value being lost or energy being wasted or yes what? both both it's it's the totally efficiency of everything because, because in a way the way the supply chain works is that value is added at every step along the way and so in a way that's a good thing isn't it it's supposed to be like that yes but many steps today in the supply chain are not adding value they are adding value for the shareholders and values for for the company itself but Many times, uh, like some distribution companies and so on, are, are more adding extra steps, but they can extract money from that step. And this is exactly where we can use blockchain, be- because we can do this point-to-point or peer-to-peer communication. So we don't need a lot of middle steps that are not adding uh, a value. So that I can understand this sort of from your point of view, just tell me a little bit about your background and your skills that you brought to bear on this problem. Yeah, yeah. So my background, I'm, uh, I've been working more over 20 years as an integration consultant. So I've been working with integrating or connecting uh, ERP systems. So in my case, SAP, which is the biggest ERP system in the world. Just ERP, what is ERP? ERP is Enterprise Resource Planning. It's, it's a word for the back-end IT systems that all big companies or all companies are using. But SAP is then used by, by all the biggest corporations like uh, Shell, SO, uh, 
Hydro. Uh, that, that's a big rival to Oracle, is that right? Yeah, Oracle is also an Europe, both a database and an, an ERP system, yes. So it's a system where they keep track of the salaries, uh, warehouses, uh, making invoices, orders, and, and all the administrative systems that the company needs are to support their business processes. So it provides a sort of dashboard from which you can see exactly what's going on at different parts of the business. Exactly, exactly. That's, wh- that's exactly what SAP is. It's a, the, the management board can actually sit and look at the, at the big screen and, and see what is happening in the whole organization. So every time an order is made or, or delivery is made or the warehouse levels are, are changing, they can see that more or less in real time. And so what, is, what are the limitations of that system then? The limitations is that that are centralized systems. And like we have today, we have these data silos in, in every company. Each company today ha- has their own IT systems. They have their databases. And that means that they are, they are just collecting and collecting information. But they, are, they can only use that internally. And you can collect a lot of data, but there will be a limit where you... You have so much data that you don't actually know what to do with it. But if, if everybody signed up for SAP or Oracle or whatever, mm. wouldn't that problem be solved? No, because it's still, you will have your uh, SAP system, I have my SAP system, and then we have to build, like I have been working with them for the last 20 years, is building an integration. So I have to send my order to you, you have to send your delivery note to me. Right, so, so, so the problem is not within a company, it's between companies. Exactly, that's exactly what, what we are talking about here. Internally, company works very good and very efficient. Each company is optimizing so much for itself, but if we look at it from a, a global perspective, it will be sub-optimizing. Right, and so the great thing about the blockchain is that everyone is using a system, but nobody... It's nobody's proprietary system. Exactly, exactly. So there are already business networks today where you have a centralized database where you you are going in as a member and you're paying member fees and transaction fees and so on where you have, but this is then a central system that someone is owning. And that is the whole problem that someone is owning that, someone is controlling that to 100%. So they can go in and change information and so if, if they like. So in the brave new world that you are building, how will those problems be solved? So we are then using the blockchain technology as, as one, I call it one central database for all companies, but it's, it's only logically central because it, technically it is as distributed as, as the blockchain itself. So I'm using the blockchain like a database, so I'm, I'm just working with a database like, like company normally do, but it's actually the same database as you have. So it's one global database. So when I make an order, I order 1,000 iPhones, you will see in your system that I actually ordered 1,000 iPhones, so we will have the same data. That is the pro- problem today, that if I order 1,000, I put 1,000 in my system, and then I send an then I send an email to you and someone types it in at your place and maybe they typed wrong to 1100s. So now you have 1100s in your system and I have 1000 in my system and then we have a dispute. Who is right? Yeah, you're right because you have that in your system. I'm right because I have 1000 in my system. So 
then we have to try to find what is right. And that couldn't happen with the blockchain? No, because we are using the same universal source, the universal database. One thing about the modern economy is that people are always going on about data is uh, the new oil and great value in itself. Doesn't this require companies to give up their ownership of the data that they might get some value from at the moment? No, exactly. It's a good question. Many people think that, oh, we put something in the blockchain and then we lose it and, and it's open for everybody. But no, that's not how, it's work, how it works in our system is that just like today, companies today are, are communicating with, via internet. So when we send an order, when we send an invoice, we do that via internet. And internet is open public, but we are encrypting everything. So it's only me and you who can see this. And we do the same with blockchain. Yeah, it's an open public blockchain. Everybody can see that a transaction has been made but they can't see what it is because we are, we are en- uh, encoding everything, encrypting everything. So what I do is I'm encrypting my, my, my invoice to you, put it in the, in the blockchain system, and then you, I send the keys, co- the, the, uh, the keys to you so that you can open that document and, and only you can see it because I gave you the keys. So that also means that all information that I put on the blockchain, I am still the owner of that. If I revoke your key, I'm still in full control of my information. So we had the same uh, discussion with uh, health information. A lot of people said, oh, I don't want to put my health in- information in a public blockchain because then everybody can see everything. But no, same thing here. We- you could actually own your own information and control your own information. So you will be totally complying with the new GDPR uh, rules that you should own your information and you decide who should uh, have access to that information. Right, I see. Now, this is an ambitious and a massive idea. What does Unisot do to move this idea forward? So... We are now focusing on on one small use case, and that is the fish farming industry in Norway. Because we have this Norwegian salmon uh, that is world famous, and uh, it it is a very big industry in in Norway that will actually sell for more, more, have a bigger revenue than oil have today, just in a couple of years. So that is a very good use case where we can show how this works, where we can exchange information very securely between all the partners in the supply chain and as well uh, uh, get the global traceability functionality so that you can scan your fish fish package uh, and get information about how old it is, how has it been frozen or has it been cold in the whole transport chain and so on. So So are you persuading the fish manufacturing people to contract you to provide this service to them? Not myself, but I, I, I'm, I'm working together with uh, a company in Norway who is actually doing this solution in SAP. So I'm providing the blockchain functionality to their solution. So they are selling the whole SAP solution to their customers with this blockchain technology. We are so far just a small company with a couple of people, so we don't have the resources yet to go out to sell this to the world 
So that's why we are using partners, implementing partners to do this. And that is an, a company who, our implementation companies will be partners that are experts in SAP or Oracle or IBM or some other systems that we want to use this for. And in this case, you're actually working with SAP, the not, company? Not with, with, not with the company SAP yet, no, no. But with somebody who provides SAP as a service to exactly. the fish people? Exactly, I see, yes. Right. yes. And so how easy or difficult is it to sort of integrate your solution with what exists as, an SA, as SAP software? It is actually very easy if you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So because I say it easy because I have been working with SAP for 20 years, so I know exactly how to integrate it. But of course, if you don't know how to, how to integrate it in SAP, how the business process are set up and works in SAP, then, then it, it is harder. From the point of view of the, the customer, the fish people, yes. what difference will they see? They will see that they can exchange information much more efficiently. And we also have a functionality where we are incentivizing them to sell information. So like today, as, as, as I told you, that companies are, are storing a big amount of data. They have data likes and data warehouses and everything internally. And today they are not exchanging that information with someone else because it, it makes no economic sense to do that yet. But what we are doing with our system is that we are incentivizing to sell the small, small pieces of this information. So we can sell a temperature or a weight or, or a location for, for a small microtransaction in, in, the, in the Bitcoin system. And who would want that information? That any, anybody else in the supply chain, because now it is not possible today to buy small pieces of information because other companies in the supply chain will not sell it to you. But now if we are enabling and incentivizing this, that a company can make money on their data and another company can buy information that they need to make their own process more efficient and to, to, to get accurate information from people before them in the supply chain and, and after them in the supply chain. But if I'm buying some fish, why would I want to pay more to know what temperature it had been at or something? Is that the kind of thing we're talking about? Yes, but I, I see it from another side that if you have two packages of fish, you're standing there in, in the shop and you have two packages of, packages of, of uh, salmon. Today, the only thing you can see is how it looks and the price. You have no idea if it's two days old or if it's two months old or two years old. Well, there's usually a best, best before date on it, isn't there? Yes, uh, but that's very easy to, to manipulate. Uh, we've seen a lot of examples of that, that they just repackaged and put a new date on it. And uh, it's happened before and it will happen in the future. So what, what we see with this system is that if you have two packages and one of them you can scan with your, with your mobile phone and get proof how old it is and proof how, how it has been treated and so on. So would that be a QR code on it? Uh, to a start, that could be a QR code. But uh, I'm in contact with uh, another company where we have, they are developing uh, technology where you actually, with protein that you give to the, to the fish, you can actually photograph the, the fish fillet itself and identify the batch 
of that of that uh, fish. Yes, t- tell me about this uh, facial recognition of fish. Yeah, this yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is this is serious, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. So, 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 what is all that? There is a company uh, that are doing this facial recognition of fish. I didn't know fish even had faces, but no, and it's not really <laughs> just the face face that you are identifying. You are identifying the whole fish because. Fishes are just like humans. They they are different. They have different spots, uh, different uh, fins, uh, and so on. So you can actually. And they identify. all have to go th- down a pipe or something. Yeah, yeah. So you have a pipe where you have a number of cameras down in the water. So the fish are swimming in there, and the fish they want to swim in there because they know that they get fed in the end of that pipe. And when they are swimming through there, we are identifying the fish. We are we can uh, estimate how big they are. The, the weight of it and so is it time for them to be harvested and so on uh, do they have any any uh, sickness or damages or so on and when they come out of that pipe they will get the amount of food that they should have they could uh, eventually get some medicine if that is needed so each fish is has its own sort of identity really. yeah yeah so so from that we put the fishes in the sea or in the basin we can actually identify each individual fish and then follow it from there all the way to the dinner table. Great. So you can you buy your fish and you can sort of look into its whole history. Yeah, yes, yes. Of course, as much as the producers uh, and distributors want to give this information free. How much would it cost the manufacturer to add on all these extra? Very, very little because already today... They need all this equipment, not just for, for storing in the blockchain, but they need that equipment to, to keep track of their, their producing, how they're producing fish, how to give them the right amount of food and all of that stuff. In the factory, when you're slicing a fish up, you know, you're doing fillets of the fish. Today, that process is, is they're already keeping track of each fillet of the fish. So we just have to connect to that machine and get that information and put it into the, the blockchain. We are not demanding a lot of extra things from the producers. They already more or less have this. You're equipment. just recording it? Yes. We're just enabling them to record it in a very, very secure way. And this is just one example, but really you, you have a vision of a world in which virtually everything is identified at that individual level. Yes, yes. So today, uh, most products today has a barcode, but that's general for that product. Uh, but I know com- big international companies, multinational companies today, are already looking into and working on to having individual codes on each package so that each packet would get their own individual ID. And let's go back to the world of Bitcoin and, and blockchain. Yeah. How does this fit in with all the debates that we're having at the moment around Bitcoin SV and, and all yeah. those other things. Yeah, yeah, right. That, it's a good question. I started this uh, like four years ago uh, when I started integrating between SAP and, and Bitcoin core at that time. Uh, and it was marvelous. It worked very fine. So I, I made uh, prototypes. I made the two prototypes. And... It worked fine until we got into the problems just before the split, a couple of or a year before the split last year. So the split between BCH and BTC. Yeah, exactly. So we came to a, to a stage where, where the transaction fees was way too high. The transaction uh, 
speed was, was also way too high, and the, this unsecurity was too high. So we actually stopped uh, this project uh, for, for between half a year and a year because we said, this is not working. We cannot use Bitcoin because it's useless in an in a enterprise environment. It's too clumsy. Yeah, yeah. So when the split came then to Bitcoin Cash, it was a hallelujah for me. So I could, oh, yes, I can, my dream, I can start working on this again. And everything was fine until the latest split. But we are very pragmatic about this. We need a blockchain that is working and we will change to that blockchain that is working. And right at this moment, uh, it sounds like Bitcoin SV is the one that is working. We have to see what happens. But I hope and, uh, that that will be the, the right one way to go. And assuming that, that that is all as you hope, how do you grow your business and extend it from your initial work with the, the fish manufacturing people? How, how do you see it taking off? Yeah, so I see it like this, that if we have one industry working, if we have the fishing industry working, and we can prove this, just see, we have a system, it's working, it's doing what we said it's supposed to do, then it will be very much easy just to, to switch to another industry. And a supply chain works more or less the same way, at least from our perspective, on that we have to store information, exchange information, and so on. So that, that uh, it, it's very easy to, to extend this. And, and, and we are working then with implementation partners. So we will have implementation partners for, for all different kinds of ERP systems and so on. Well, Stefan, thank you very much. Very good luck with it. Yeah, thank you very much. My thanks to Stefan Nilsson. Next week, we'll be diving into the other end of the crypto business, talking mining with Christy Lee Minahan. Christy has views on the whole crypto and blockchain world and some really interesting ideas about where it's all going and where the opportunities are. Please join us next week for another CoinGeek conversation. Thanks for listening and goodbye.